the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches? I don't have to show you any stinking batches! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome, everybody. Glad you've tuned in. Monday on the Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze Radio Network. Um, broadcasting from a different studio today. New digs? Uh, it's it's going to cause for a, a, a an, an abridged, a shortened version of the of the flip around, but we'll get to it coming up here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Meantime, getting in touch with the program easy to do eight hundred nine hundred thirty three ninety three. If you want to uh, weigh in on anything that we're talking about today, uh, make sure that you touch base with us on social media, and there are plenty of ways to do this. Uh, let's start off with the easiest way, which is the old fashioned way. You go to uh, you go to uh, uh, the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook, and then there's an email link right there. So you t- you click on the email and just do it, do it the old-fashioned way. Just drop me an email. By the way, I mentioned another social media right there, which is uh, Facebook, the Chris Salcedo Show. You got to put the T-H-E, folks, if you're going to find us. It can't be just Chris Salcedo because then you might stumble across. There's one guy who's like a player. I mean, th- this guy is like a, a, la- a ladies' man player. It's not me. <laughs> Trust me. That ain't... Ellie, right? That's not me. No. You have the Chris Salcedo Show. That's how you find me. Uh, You didn't have to agree so damn fast, really. Good grief. Okay, where am I at? Oh, yeah. Oh, Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX. Make sure you listen to the program. On demand, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Mrs. Salcedo would agree with you. Not a player. (laughs) Oh, did did I give it? Yeah, I gave the number wrong. It's 888 not 800, folks. Because I, I really do want to talk to you guys today about what's going on around the country. 888 Get everything? Oh, yeah. The Blaze.com channel section. Blaze.com and click on channels and find the Chris Salcedo, Salcedo show there. Uh, and this is, again, different uh, studio digs today. So what you're going to hear momentito is just one flip around. It's Fox News Channel. 
And uh, let's hear what's actually going on there. Senate day after tomorrow. What do we know? They are inviting over all 100 senators to give them the latest intelligence and the administration positions on North Korea. We should point out that it's not the White House that initiated this. This was initiated by the uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. But the White House has decided that it would be easier just to have everybody over here and then bring over Secretary Tillerson, Dan Coats from the CIA, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and a few other people to brief them all on it so that they know where we stand on North Korea. Shep? John Roberts at the White House. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh, setting up this meeting at the White House to brief senators so they can uh, make their way over to uh, the White House to get a full briefing from the executive branch on what's happening in North Korea. I imagine they want to know how far along Kim Jong-un is in his nuclear development and exactly what he what he possesses. Does he have the ability to hit the West Coast of the United States? Some of the, I'm not going to lie to you, some of the technology that he has been showing off lately uh, even amid their failures these cats can can learn an awful lot from their failures and it uh, you log what went wrong and then you make a better launch coming up in the future oh that thing is on um <laughs> did you hear that ding <laughs> see she's see things are hey when you're not in your in your normal studio things can you know get a little well, crazy and then thing in like my favorite uh beverage not adult beverage just beverage of choice it's, it's not sitting right here like it normally is so you and you know what in, in my old studio ellie you can't even see that in my old studio where i you know i actually could yeah which makes no tinkers darn a bit of difference to you folks at home but at any rate so uh, back, back to north korea i i'm actually kind of interested too in finding out what kim jong-un has now we know he has nuclear capability because uh, our sniffer planes have been over there, and they've they've actually, courtesy of the Clinton administration, been able to develop nuclear weapons. And what what you may be saddened to either remember or to know for the first time is that if it weren't for the Clinton administration, North Korea would not be a nuclear power. And that's another one of the pitfalls of having a Democrat inside of the Oval Office or electing Democrats, period, is because Enemies and adversaries of liberty and freedom tend to progress very well during Democrat administrations, unchecked. And that's what happened with North Korea. Bill Clinton said, hey, hey, look, I, I want you to know something. Uh, I, I think we ought, to, we ought to do the peaceful resolution here. We ought, to, we ought to send the North Koreans a lot of money. We're going to send them a lot of money, and then they're going to promise us because uh, they, they promised me because, you know, I, I speak their language. You know, them, a couple of prostitutes, we got together, we having this all out, right? So uh, we're going to give them a whole bunch of money, all right? We're going to give them a whole bunch of, of your taxpayers' money, and they're going to promise. They promise us not to develop nuclear weapons, all right? And, and they gave me my word. They gave, they gave me their word, and, I, and, and you can trust me. I'm Bill Clinton. So what happened was is they took our money, and they beefed up their military, and they developed nuclear weapons. And so it is courtesy of the Clinton administration why we have a nuclear-armed North Korea. It's why so many are worried about what President Obama did with Iran. By the way, President Obama was out there speaking today, doing what he was qualified to do. Basically what he did for his entire occupation of the Oval Office, which was to be a community organizer. So he's out in Chicago being a community organizer once again. And uh, back in his element, if you will. Because he sucked as a leader of this country. Sucked as a, an American president. Uh, which is another one of the reasons why we 
have taken to calling him resident Obama. Now, the reason I wanted to talk to you guys today is about the status of the Democrat Party. And for as for as uh, a good a shape the Republicans appear to be right now, I don't think... How do I put this without getting in trouble? I, I don't think it's, it's real. I, you know, yes, the Republicans are in control of the White House. The Republicans are in control of the Senate and, and the House. And they still can't get anything done. And that's concerning to a lot of folks. Now, Trump's doing everything he can to undo President Obama's executive order destructions by basically reversing everything, which is which is good. That's about all I can do. Anything that's permanent or real and lasting needs to come from the Congress. Now, I think many of us, many of us recognize that Republicans should have been busy on an alternative for Obamacare and should have had it ready to go already in legislative language and already agreed on in principle from the, the various factions inside of the Republican party. But one of the unifying principles should have been getting rid of Obamacare completely. Nothing, no vestige of it left behind that the Republican Party does not believe that we need another entitlement here. And this is a problem because I think too many of these Republicans, and I think to their detriment, believe that we need another entitlement here. And I, when I, we interviewed uh, Congressman Kevin Brady, we, we told him, you know, th- there's a way around this. Republicans recognize that Obamacare destroyed the insurance market. It needs to be rebuilt. And while it's, while it's being rebuilt, with, we, we will continue these subsidies. And that's what they are. They're subsidies. Redistribution of wealth to allow folks to buy perverted priced insurance. And when I say perverted, I mean it's not a free market. The pricing that we're seeing today with Obamacare pricing, it's not reflective of, oh, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to go shop for a whole bunch of insurance. You can't do that. You can't you can't find a great policy if you're in the state of California. You can't go find a great policy inside of Montana. It's illegal. You can't do that. So it's not a true representative market. Got a whole bunch of crony capitalists in charge in the traders insurance companies. So that stuff's got to go. The Republicans have got to start dedicating themselves to free enterprise. Paul Ryan, dedicate yourself to free enterprise. Um, And then things will get a lot easier. these, These companies don't deserve a subsidy, don't deserve Americans' taxpayers' money. They need to go out there and they need to do it the old fashioned. You guys remember that old EF Hutton commercial? From the 80s, we make money the old-fashioned way. We earn it. That's what you got to do. You got to go out there and make money the old-fashioned way. You got to get out there, bust hump, make a better product, do it for less cost, uh, and and then and then get market share that way. You compete. Well, not in the era of Obama. In the era of Obama, you just cut a deal with Democrats, fund their campaigns, and all of a sudden your industry is gifted American tax, taxpayers' money and, f- and Americans are forced to buy your crappy product whether they want it or not. That's not America. That's not America. That's not free enterprise. So 
the Republicans, and the reason why I kind of, when I was talking about Democrats, wanted to divert to Republicans is, is not to give you the false impression that the GOP is just knocking out of the park because they are not. That being said, uh, the Democrats are now not a national party. They're, they're not a national party anymore. And uh, I'll play some some sound bites that get you to weigh in. And part of this is when did the Democrat Party become the party of the fascists? And I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm saying that term loosely. These, these people who show up to college campuses and say, oh, you're a conservative, I don't want to hear you. And they stomp their finger, feet on the ground and they start throwing Molotov cocktails and they start beating the crap out of people. I don't want to hear you. Mama, mama, I'm not listening. This is how, this is what Democrats have devolved into. This is the modern day Democrat party. This is the state of the American left. As Bill Maher called them, a bunch of effing crybabies. Did you guys hear? Well, I'll play the soundbite for you coming up next. And then I want you, folks, I want to hear from you on this. What do you think? The status of the Democrat Party is not that, not that the Republicans are all that great. And no, you know what? Obama didn't say anything worth hearing, by the way. Just so you know, resident Obama didn't say anything that was worth hearing. So I'm not going to I might get a soundbite tomorrow, but I didn't go out of my way because I really didn't give a damn. I'm, I'm worried about saving the country now. I don't want to go back and look at all the destruction uh, that Mr. Obama still wants to to bring to this country. So we'll get into more things today than him. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. What do you think the current status of the Democrat Party is? Call up the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Salcedo Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Example number one. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo Show. Example example number one of the Democrat Party and where they are is uh, Howard Dean. Can Do you guys believe this cat was actually close to becoming the Democrat nominee for president? Did you all hear what he said over the weekend? Well, he tweeted this out. He didn't say it. Um, and because maybe if he had said the words, he might have said, oh, wait a minute. Crap, that's un-American. <laughs> Here's what Howard Dean, Dr. Howard Dean said. Quote, hate speech is not protected by the First Amendment. That's what he said. Hate speech is not protected by the First Amendment. <laughs> 
Now, there are some millennials inside of left-wing campuses will go, yeah, yeah, that's right, man, no, hate speech. Hate speech, yeah, it's not protected, no, hate speech. Uh, yes, it is protected. As a matter of fact, it has been adjudicated. As a matter of fact, it has been determined by the Supreme Court that even Nazis in the United States of America, even the KKK in the United States of America, have the ability to be heard. 1969 Supreme Court said an Ohio law prohibiting public speech that promotes illegal activity violated the Ku Klux Klan's members' First Amendment rights. You have the right to be a racist moron in the United States of America. You also have, or others have the rights, like your liberty-loving Latino here, to call you a racist moron for being like that. It's this little thing called freedom and liberty that leftists don't understand. They actually, you know what, I think they do understand. Because the minute you start to criminalize speech, the minute you start to say, hey, I disagree with what that cat said, and I find it so offensive, I find it hate speech. Have you guys listened to Jeffy's show? I mean, half the damn... (laughs) You're just going to let that go, aren't you? (laughs) Jeffy Jeffy just happened to wander through the studio. (laughs) But... Okay, joking aside, can you guys imagine in Kim Jong-un's North Korea, if you say a disparaging word against the pot-bellied dictator, they call it hate speech. And they can throw you in jail. And they can kill you for it. This is what leftists like Howard Dean are advocating. Oh, it'll never get that far. We only want to shut up you conservatives. You don't have to shut us up. Liberals say, oh, we just want to shut up you conservatives. To all you liberal nuts out there, I'd ask, what what happens? Who's going to speak up for you? When they finally come for you, and they will. Those in power will come for you. That's, That's the danger of an idiot like Howard Dean, who ought to know better. But he's a he's a he's a Democrat. He's a left wing kook, a nutcase. Go on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, the Chris Salcedo Show. You will see some leftists who jump on there and say, "No, you know it. It shouldn't be. Uh, you should. You shouldn't be." And you know what Howard Dean was making reference to was was Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter, because she's a conservative. They have labeled what she says hate speech. (laughs) Wait a minute. She just disagrees with you libs. Just because somebody disagrees with you libs doesn't make it hateful. And what happens if a conservative is in charge and says that your liberal speech is hateful? And then they can outlaw you 
as tempting as that sounds, I, as a constitutional conservative, can never get behind such idiocy because I know where it leads. It leads to tyranny. And I don't want a tyrant to lord over liberals any more than I want a tyrant to lord over we conservatives. To which I say to guys like Howard Dean, what in the hell is a matter with you? We've talked about this concept before on the Salcedo Show. That popular speech needs no protection. Popular speech, everybody loves it. It's great. It's unpopular speech that needs protection from government coercion and threat. You guys remember a time when saying that blacks and whites can marry or that mixed races can marry was considered hate speech. Was unpopular, but it was protected and thank God it was. There's another very American saying which is why Howard Dean probably doesn't know it. And a bunch of leftists on the Chris Salcedo Show page don't know it. It says, I may disagree with what you say, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. That's America. And that's why so many of these leftists, I don't think they know what America means anymore. More on this. Be right back. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. So you can you can see where where I'm going with this with the current the current state of the Democrat Party. These cats, well, aside from being full tilt nuts, they they are descending into a realm that that I, I was just, I was having a a conversation today with somebody you all know, and I said I don't recognize the country anymore. You've got liberals who are supposed to be about you know. And, and let me just, this is the God's honest truth. I ran across one of those ads about Woodstock yesterday. It was last night. I was doing show prep, and the, I think it was something like, these photographs of Woodstock will blow you away. You guys have seen them all over the internet, right? These, these ads. 28 photos from Woodstock will blow your, blow your mind. So I said, what the hell? I, just, I clicked on it. You know what? I knew Woodstock was big and I knew it was generationally defining. I didn't realize until last night how big that dang concert was. It took 500,000 people. Over 500,000 people. You, you don't get that today. Now, they were all a bunch of leftist hippies gathering together for, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. That's, that's what it was. And, you know, hate Republicans, hate war. And who, who, doesn't, who doesn't hate war? But that's why I, and now, now I, I understand why like Nancy Pelosi's generation so longs for those days because it was like activism at its, at its peak, at its pinnacle. Nowadays, hell, nobody cares. 
I mean, there's so much apathy out there. And you know what? Now you've got liberals convincing themselves that the way to win is to curtail free speech the, any, the same way a dictator would. And this whole thing about hate speech is not protected by the First Amendment, says Howard Dean. Well, who the hell gets to determine what is hateful and what isn't? I think a lot of things that Howard Dean says about conservatives are pretty damn hateful. Do I get to make the call? Who gets to make the call, Howard Dean? You? You putz? Oh, is that hateful of me? Are you going to try to silence me, Howard Dean, because I called you a putz? A twit? A moron? An a-hole? What? You know, serious, how far can we go before it's actually hateful? Or maybe you are those things, Howard Dean. And I would suggest... You're also an ignorant wretch for even proposing the un-American idea that hate speech is not protected by the First Amendment because the word hate is subjective. You idiot. It's subjective. We have free speech in the United States of America because that is something that is mentioned in the affirmative. Howard Dean, you better go back to school. You better head back to school because that very American axiom should be something we should be reinforcing to our children. You can write off the government-run schools. Hell, they don't even teach this stuff anymore. I may not agree with what you say, but I will fight to the death for your ability to say it. And that includes Pelosi. That includes Obama. I mean, I never wanted to pass a law to shut him up. I wanted to beat him. That's where I think we conservatives are different from liberals. We want to beat them in the arena of ideas. We want to beat them because we know that our way is better. It's free. It's liberty. It's prosperity. Not this doom and limits and gloom proposed by these left-wing morons. And that's what they are. Not to mention the fact that I make my living on free speech. When you start attacking free speech, you start attacking what I do for a living. Now, you don't attack the basket of biased press because they're not free. No, no, they're not free. They're saddled under liberal ideology of their own choosing. Uh, they, they can choose to be fair. They just don't want to. All right, telephone number is uh, 888-933-93, 888 There's one aspect of where the liberals are. I mentioned Ann Coulter because that's who, who Howard Dean was commenting on, trying to excuse Berkeley for, for silencing free speech again and caving to thuggery again. And they didn't take much arm twisting out there, I mean. If somebody had threatened to throw a toothpick, oh, well, we can't have her out because that's violent. <laughs> so Bill Maher, who I don't agree with anything politically, but is a liberal in a traditional sense, who thinks, you know, he, he hates all religions equally, even Islam, um, and isn't afraid to call out the violence inside of Islam, not afraid to call out what he sees as wrong with Christianity, he distorts all that garbage. He's The violence inside of the radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorist sect of Islam is absolutely correct. 
I think he exaggerates about Christendom because he just doesn't like organized religion. But at least he's consistent. He was talking with our old buddy uh, S.E. Cup on his show uh, and, and decrying how liberals on college campuses have, well, they're no better than Nazis. You heard me right. Bill Maher says that liberals on college campuses, I guess this, this is from the student body to the prof- professoriate, nothing, nothing more than a bunch of Nazis. And here's how it went. On real time. Ann Coulter ran a little into a little problem this week. I know we we don't like Ann Coulter's views. You do. I, I like her as a person. Yeah, I never agreed with one thing she ever said. <laughs> uh, that's different. Okay, but uh, she was. I was uh, the speaker uh, at Berkeley a couple of years ago, and they disinvited me, and then they got their act together, and I wound up doing it. And apparently, that's what's going to happen with her. I think. But Berkeley, you know, used to be the cradle of free speech, and now it's just the cradle for f***ing babies. <laughs> and I, I feel like, you know, this goes on all over the country on campuses. They invite someone to speak who's not exactly what liberals want to hear, and they want to shut her down. I feel like this is the liberals' version of book, book burning. Just a bunch of Nazis. You know what? What I find funny about Berkeley is that the mayor of that town, that left-wing kook mayor... He's a member of Antifa. Remember our buddy Jack Buckby from UK told us about these folks. Anti-fascists. They are the fascists. They are the fascists. The very idea that you would silence speech you disagree with. That's You, you want a commonplace tenet of fascism, folks? Through violence, through coercion, through intimidation. There it is. All you left-wingers out there at Berkeley are a bunch of fascists. The fact that you would use violence and threats and intimidation to silence those with whom you politically disagree is un-American. And I said this, I said this last week, not one more dime, damn it, not one more dime of my taxpayer money goes to that filthy institution. And it is a filthy institution because it stands against everything that you and I believe in. The Constitution, freedom of speech, liberty. And it's not just Berkeley. It's campuses all over this country. And it's got to stop. Howard Dean tweeted today about this. Hate speech is not protected by the First Amendment. Yes, it is. Threats are not protected by the First Amendment. This is why the Supreme Court said the Nazis could march in Skokie. They're a hateful bunch. But that's what the First Amendment means. It doesn't mean just shut up and agree with me. I, I can't believe you have to remind liberals of I this. can't believe it either. It's a shame because liberals are creating a fantasy land on college campuses that does not exist. No, it does exist. Uh, it does exist, Essie. It exists in Cuba. It exists in Venezuela. It exists in China. That's where this liberal fantasy land exists. Where liberty is dead. Where freedom is gone. That's where the liberals' vision exists. That's why we fight these people. And I was reminded of these sound bites as I was having a conversation today. I don't recognize my country. At an, and I'm making air quotes with my fingers at an institution of higher learning. Good grief. 
These people are backward. Speaking of backward, uh, Bernie Sanders, the socialist from Vermont, was uh, in the state in which I broadcast in Texas last week. I didn't talk about it because, well, I didn't care. (laughs) But this was part of the Democrats' unity tour. This unity tour of theirs. So the unity tour... Bernie Sanders comes off this thing and is sitting down with CBS. So how'd the unity unity tour go? go? And well, he said, I think what is clear to anyone who looks at where the Democratic Party today is that the model of the Democratic Party is failing. (laughs) How's that unity going? Huh? Here's a cat that won't even admit to being a Democrat. Of course, they wanted to bring him around because all the socialists, all the leftists, like the folks at Berkeley, that's where all the energy is. Bunch of fascists out of Berkeley. <laughs> the Democrat Party's a failure. Uh, we have the uh, we have a Republican president who ran as a candidate as the most unpopular candidate in the modern history of this country. Republicans control the House, the Senate, two thirds of uh, governor's chairs, and in the last uh, eight years, they have picked up nine hundred legislative seats. Clearly, the Democratic Party has got to change. Clearly, but see. <laughs> And this is the thing. Uh, Bernie Sanders wants to see more of his style of governance. Bernie Sanders and Barack Obama don't disagree about much. And it was Barack Obama who led to all of those disasters on the Democrat side that Bernie Sanders just articulated. All the electoral losses, the loss in faith from leftists. And Bernie Sanders says, Anderson. Anderson, the way to get the way to do, to do the Democrat Party is to is to go full tilt socialism, which I, I I pray that Bernie Sanders wins, because when the Democrat Party goes down the toilet, he'll finish the job that Barack Obama started. Speaking of Obama, let me ask you guys this: Who do you think runs the Democrat Party today? Who's the leader of the Democrat Party? Talk about that next. Your calls to triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero. 3393. Be right back on The Blaze. It's your radio republic. Be heard. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Wow. The presidential frontrunner over in France, he married his teacher, his former teacher. Seriously? Uh, Marcon is his name. Macron? 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 Oh. <laughs> I'm Mary Matichel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the hell? Is that her? Holy, I'm watching CNN right now. Holy moly. I, well, okay. Oh, they do things differently over in Gay Perry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Don't look at me like that. All right. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Hey, now there's anything wrong with that. I mean, hey. Um, I had a... Never mind. I'm not even going to go down that way. Uh, 888-933-93. Uh, who runs the Democrat Party? Oh, by the way, coming up next hour, folks, we'll talk about net neutrality. I still don't know what the hell's going on with net neutrality. I've had it explained to me three ways from Sunday. I I know I, I can tell you where I'm leaning. I I lean the toward the the fact that government wants to control it and impose it. I'm not for it, but that's just a reflexive action that I have because I don't trust this government. Uh, coming off of eight years of resident Obama, so. Just just file that away. We'll talk with an expert about net neutrality. Phil Kirpin will be in. Meantime, uh, who controls the Democrat Party? We go to CNN. Alyssa Mastromonaco. She was the, the former uh, occupier of the Oval Office Deputy Chief of Staff. She was telling CNN who she thinks still runs the Democrat Party. And this is how the conversation went. But the party itself has been in turmoil and now trying to get momentum with these town halls. But Hillary Clinton, she's kept a low profile. Maybe she's writing a book, but she's not out there very much. No. Bernie Sanders is out there. Is he the leader of the Democratic Party? Bernie? I mean, I think if you ask Bernie, he would say no. I think he, he even said he wasn't a Democrat the other day. Yeah. Um, Tom Perez, I think, you know, he is, I think Barack Obama is probably still the leader of the Democratic Party, even though he is sort of on a hiatus right now. Um, I hope Hillary comes back, but she more than deserves some time out to sort of regroup. I hope Obama is because if Obama remains the leader of the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party will continue to lose seat after seat after seat because of notions like this. He said. I, I want to be clear. We're not, we're not trying to push financial reform uh, because we begrudge success that's fairly earned. I mean, I, I do think at a certain point you've made enough money. Yeah. Government wants to tell you how much money you can make when a liberal's running things. All right, folks. Net neutrality. We'll talk about that and so much more coming up the second hour of the Salcedo Show. Be right back. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges? I don't have to show you any stinking badges! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. On Facebook, the Chris Salcedo Show. On Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX. Coming up this hour, folks, I will uh, we'll get to this whole... Budget debate, building the wall and funding and keeping the government running and government shutdown. And even over at Fox, even over at Fox, the predicate is this. If you have a Democrat in office and the Republicans don't pass a budget, it's Republicans' fault for shutting down the government. If you have a Republican in office and the Democrats don't give the Republican what he wants, it's still the Republicans' fault. I can't. They even over at Fox News Sunday, the predicate was, hey, if the Republican wants it, if there's ever a shutdown, it's all the Republicans fault. And, and, and nobody wants a shutdown. 
in the Republic, let me, let me, I'm not phrasing this artfully. Let me try this another way. That every single time there's a shutdown, regardless of who's responsible, the Republican is always blamed. How about that? And they bend over backwards to blame the Republican, even though if there's a government shutdown right now, it will be courtesy of the Democrats. So, at any rate, we'll get into this coming up. Did you guys see, this was a Blaze post over the weekend. Who posted this? This was um, Chris Enlow. Bill Nye, the fake science guy. Did you guys see this? He was on a CNN panel. Um, Let me just read, because Chris wrote this up pretty well. It was kind of delicious the way he wrote it out. Bill Nye, known for his 1990s science kids show, who has since been an outspoken advocate of man-made climate change, accused CNN of doing a disservice to its audience on Saturday by having a real scientist on their network to discuss climate change. Now think about this. This real scientist wasn't on board with the alarmist position. So you had Bill Nye, who was not a real science guy, and a real scientist dissenting, and then Bill Nye, in typical Berkeley fashion, says, you're doing a disservice because you had somebody who was opposing me. I don't want him on here. Wetting himself, peeing himself, because there was just, there was a dissenting point of view on climate change on man-made global warming. The CNN New Day Saturday panel, which included Nye and William Harper, a physicist at Princeton University, became heated after Harper said the climate change that Nye talks about is a myth. There's this myth, he said, that's developed around carbon dioxide, that it's a pollutant. But you and I both exhale carbon dioxide with every breath. Each of us emits about two pounds of carbon dioxide a day. So are we polluting the planet? Now, most left-wingers will tell you yes. Let me just come away from Mr. Enlow's piece here. A a lot of liberals think that we are the problem with planet Earth, the people. And if we just disappeared, then the animals and and the spirits and and Mother Gaia would be just fine without us. Maybe Bill Nye the Science Guy is one of these flower children. Anyway, Harper had advised Donald Trump on climate issues. Quote, carbon dioxide is is a perfectly natural gas. It's just like water vapor. Let me give you guys a little science. The last time I read up on this extensively was this. The most abundant greenhouse gas in Earth's atmosphere is water vapor. 96% of the Earth, the Earth's greenhouse gas is water vapor. The other 4% is made up of various other gases. Now, of that 4%, 4% of that is CO2. Okay? That's CO2. Of that CO2, anywhere between 2 to 4%, depending on which part of the planet you're in, of that, of that 4% of 4% is man-made. Okay? So... Carbon dioxide, the vast majority of it on the planet is naturally occurring anyway. And what Bill Nye, the science guy, and some of these other leftists want us, want us to believe is that man's, by comparison, minuscule contribution to CO2 is enough to throw the whole 
ecosystem out of balance. And it's absurd to the point to where these idiots are talking about regulating cow farts because they produce methane CO2. What? I, no, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, no, they, they want some left wingers want to regulate cow farts. I, I am not lying. Look that up. So at any rate, so Bill Nye doesn't like the fact that there's somebody. See, it's a religion for guys like Bill Nye. And you're being a heretic by by not going along with left-wing orthodoxy on this. So Bill Nye says, well, th- this, guy, this guy believes the earth is round. He shouldn't be on here because we all know it's flat, says Bill Nye, the science guy. Because remember, back in the day, if I can keep up this analogy, common sense and, and uh, consensus said the earth was flat. And then it took a heretic to the Catholic Church, Galileo was it, to posit that the earth was round. So Bill Nye is on the is is now the man who is carrying the theological line that man is causing all the changes in the earth's climate. That big ball of light in the sky has nothing to do with it. It's getting warmer. It has nothing to do with the sun. <laughs> okay? And so here comes a real scientist. And remember, it bears pointing out that Bill Nye is not a scientist. And a real scientist comes on and says, well, it's just, it's just, fa- it's just, it's just a fantasy. It's a myth. So, and then Bill Nye says, well, CNN, you shouldn't have dissenting voices on. It's, it's. Bill Nye wants CNN to become Berkeley. Hell, it almost already is. But at any rate, uh, telephone numbers 888-933-93, We're discussing net neutrality coming up next, folks. And if you've ever been confused about what net neutrality is, what it isn't, um, stick around. Because, I, look, I am, I am first to admit that this confuses the hell out of me. <laughs> It really does. And I think that's that's on purpose. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up next. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. You're on The Blaze. Dismantling liberal ideology, one issue at a time. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It's Chris Salcedo Show. We'll get back to your calls here in a second. I wanted to, uh, this is this is something that has baffled me since we started talking about it, this whole idea of net neutrality. Now, you guys know that YTK is the show's resident millennial. And not even he fully understands what this whole thing's about. So, I, uh, I, I gotta tell you, uh, that trying to get this thing straight has been a struggle for me. Let's talk about this with our guest, Phil Kirpin. He's a president of the American Commitment to uh, American Commitment, a columnist on Fox News Opinion, 
chairman of the Internet Freedom Coalition and author of the 2011 book, Democracy Denied. Phil, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, Chris, great to be with you. Okay, now look, a lot of folks are confused by this. Now, here's what I do know, that the Obama administration imposed net neutrality on the country. Uh, through, not, not through a law, because they couldn't get a law passed, but they did it through uh, the Federal Communications Commission. Is that correct? That's right. Through okay. two-party line vote. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, so this was an imposition. There was no Democratic debate about it. This was just Obama being uh, you know, the dictator we knew that he was. So t- explain, folks, first off, because everybody within the sound of my voice most likely uses the Internet in some form or fashion. Explain what this is all about. Yeah, you know, the reason it's hard for you and most people to keep track of is uh, the definition changes every couple of years. And wow. uh, the proponents of this, the liberals that have been pushing for regulations on the Internet, um, have ch- shifted their rationales uh, a number of times before they finally got what they wanted in 2015. But basically, the original idea of net neutrality was kind of the engineering principle that uh, you could attach any device or application to the Internet and it could talk to any other application or device on the other side of the network and everything would be treated basically the same in between, that the network would treat all the traffic that goes over it the same way. And um, that kind of made sense in the early days of the Internet. But but even in very early on, it became clear that different types of traffic had to be treated differently, because if you were doing streaming video or you were doing a phone call over the Internet, that those packets have got to get where they're going or it's not going to be usable versus, you know, say an email where if it gets there 10 or 20 seconds later, it makes no difference. And so in practice, uh, the way these networks have been developed, there are millions and millions of lines of code, a huge amount of intelligence built into the networks, uh, highly sophisticated routers that do treat different types of traffic differently so that it can all work and so that it can keep innovating and doing things that no one ever would have thought of, you know, in the right. mid-90s when the Internet and, was and, first and privatized. To, to dumb this down, though, it's basically what you're talking about is speed. Uh, there, are, there are various speeds required to handle different tasks. So you need high bandwidth if you're going to be doing streaming video and that kind of thing, or streaming radio, because we, we uh, have the technology to do that now, as opposed to just firing off an email or a text message, right? Yeah, or, or whatever it might be. There, there are different network characteristics. There's a lot of sophistication. The point is, you know, the Internet was deregulated, privatized in the mid-90s. And, you know, for the first 18 years or so after that, uh, it was a very lightly regulated free market where uh, the phone companies competed with the cable companies, competed with wireless, competed with other new entrants. And uh, we, we sort of had this remarkable innovation growth, huge amount of investment, developing all kinds of remarkable things. And then in 2015, uh, on that 3-2 party line vote at the FCC, we had a big change, and they decided that we're going to regulate the Internet like a regulated public utility using a law written in the 1930s for the old Ma Bell telephone monopoly. And we haven't really seen, you know, we haven't seen the Internet stop working in the in the couple years since, but we have uh, seen a pretty significant decline in private investment, and we've seen thousands of complaints filed at the FCC, uh, and they haven't acted on any of them. They just sort of let them stockpile. And I think that what would have happened if the Democrats had won this last election is you would have started to see the FCC Enforcement Bureau take actions and prohibit different types of business arrangements, different types of products, impose rate regulation potentially, and otherwise cause all kinds of mischief, putting themselves in charge of the Internet instead of it being a competitive market 
place. Now, instead of that happening, we got Donald Trump. Uh, he elevated Ajit Pai, who was one of the two Republicans on the commission who dissented from that 2015 order. Uh, Trump elevated him to chairman. And later this week, we're probably going to see a plan from him to reverse this vote and go back to a lightly regulated free market approach to the Internet. And uh, we're going to see the left go crazy and all their usual fake news outlets. And they're going to say the evil phone and cable companies are going to block what website you can go to and cause all kinds of mischief if they're not regulated. And um, it's all nonsense, of course, because if they ever did that, they'd lose all their customers. So so, as I I, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks coming up, I think. As I understand it, Phil, the the, the Democrats wanted to do to the Internet what they did to health care and health insurance. They wanted to make Obamacare for the Internet to where government controls everything and take out competition. They, 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 they wanted to do what they did to education. They want to take competition out of it and, and drive excellence out of it. Uh, and, and that's usually what the net effect of when Democrats try to try their hand at business, something they have no idea how to, how to conduct. Do I have this about right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, They were going to make basically every aspect of the Internet under the control of the FCC, and in particular, not even the presidentially appointed commissioners of the FCC, but the unelected bureaucrats at the Enforcement Bureau of the FCC were going to be able to make decisions what is and is not allowed on the Internet uh, to sort of micromanage it, supposedly in our own best interest, very similar to all those other areas where we've had government, uh, you know, take over parts of the free economy that you mentioned. Uh, As I said, we didn't see the worst of this uh, because they were sort of backing up the, the details and the specifics until uh, they, they thought they were going to win another election. And so now uh, now we're going to have the fight to undo it. So we're, I hope, never going to have to see uh, government micromanagement and control of the Internet uh, actually reach its uh, full implementation. But as I said, you know, the, the left is going to tell a lot of lies and smears, and uh, they're not going to go down without without throwing a bunch of punches here uh, well, as this is unwound. Uh, by the way, Phil Kirpin, our guest right now, president of American Commitment, columnist on Fox News Opinion, a chairman of the Internet Freedom Coalition, and the book is Democracy Denied. Give us an example of one of the lies that you expect to hear and then a counter to that lie. Well, they're almost certainly going to say that without regulation, uh, Comcast is going to start blocking what websites you can go to and uh, redirect traffic to their own internal websites away from competitors and uh, limit your speech online. And uh, those are the scare stories they always tell. Isn't uh, Google already doing that? Well, yeah, that's well, yeah, exactly. First of all, that's a really good point. You know, the uh, the big Silicon Valley companies, Twitter and Facebook and Google, they uh, pushed for these regulations and they benefit from these regulations because these regulations prevent the phone and cable companies from competing with Google in the online advertising market. They prevent the phone and cable companies from asking Google Google to pay part of the cost of all the massive bandwidth they consume with YouTube. And so these big Silicon Valley companies are like the clear winners of regulating their competitors in this whole thing. But you're right. These scare stories, they've never happened. You know, the phone and cable companies were unregulated for 20 years. They never did anything like that. Yeah. Well, uh, Phil Kirpin, man, I really appreciate the time here on the Chris Salcedo show. And thanks for the for sorting this out. See, folks, I think I think I was right. I was right to make sure that I to, to make sure that I was skeptical of a big time government boondoggle that's being thrown down. That's exactly what this is. Now, now, now consider this. And what I, what I just said to Phil Kirpin, Google is already masking what we do on the Internet. Google is already saying, oh, uh, hey, look, I, uh, I got a search here for, let's say, net neutrality. And all they're going to bring up is a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of, how shall we say, uh, information that is pro 
net neutrality. Because that, that, that's how they roll. Because Google has a vested interest in empowering government to regulate and make sure that they are the, the king of the hill. It's just like Obamacare. Obamacare did a deal with the traders insurance companies. Traders insurance companies padded the pockets of the Democrats. And voila, we're forced to subsidize other people's health care. And pay ridiculous rates to these traitorous insurance companies. So it's the same deal with net neutrality. These Silicon Valley companies, all liberal donors uh, to, uh, to, to Democrats, they want government to go in there and make them the king of the, he- king of the hill without having to compete, without having to, to win the marketplace of ideas. And who pays? You and me. Who doesn't get any choice? You and me. And again, whenever Democrats fix something, you can count on paying out the nose for it. And that's precisely what this this whole net neutrality thing is. Perverted, as most things liberal are, from what the, the original intent was. And, there, and, and as a matter of fact, now that I heard Phil's explanation of this, this is exactly what liberals always do. They will lie to you about what their real intent is because, you know, we're told, oh, this is going to keep it free. It's going to make sure that you can, that everybody has access access to it. What they don't tell you is, is that it's going to be a hell of a lot more. Yeah, everybody's got access. You got to pay out the nose to get it. So you can donate to these companies who are big Democrat donors. So those companies can continue to donate to Democrats. Nice little tidy uh, arrangement. If you ask me. So this is what happens when you put liberals in, in charge of government. They will write legislation. Design, if they can't control it, folks, they don't want anything to do with it. If they can't control it, then if it's free and it's fair and you're making the decision, they don't want it. Only if they can get a piece of it. Only if Democrats can profit from it. Only if Democrats can regulate it and make you pay for it so you continue to subsidize them and their agenda that's the only way that you're going to get anything out of democrats it has to benefit them to hell with benefiting the people or benefiting the country democrats believe in benefiting themselves you have the prior administration to see for that again and this bears pointing out too net neutrality wasn't legislation They couldn't get it through the legislative process, so what did Obama do? He was a dictator about it. He imposed it on us. Back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. You're taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. I'm glad you've tuned in. This is your radio republic. Unlike your current federal government, your views are heard, listened to, and addressed right here in this program. I should say, now we have to make an amendment. I think that the the Trump part of the federal government is actually listening to us, reflecting more of what we the people want. Can't say the same for Congress. But uh, anyway, uh, let me, 
what I was trying to explain, and probably inartfully so, earlier on in the program, was this this talk now of a avoiding a government shutdown. Now it's all about you know because Obama didn't do his job, Congress didn't do his their job last year. They have, we haven't done budgeting in an awful long time. So here you've got. Uh, uh, continuing resolution. This might have been an omnibus. I, can't, I think it was an omnibus that got us to this point. Fully funded Obamacare and all that crap. So now we're going to have to keep the government open until the end of the fiscal year where I asked, remember, Senator Cornyn, whether or not we were going to get back into this idea of budgeting to help keep government spending under control. Not that it was much help, but at least, at least it's something that's on paper it's something that's that they've got as a guidepost and if they go above and beyond it it, it's when you budget and you and you've got a guideline you're you're less even though they'll probably figure out ways to continue to overspend they're less likely to do so outside of a budget that's been agreed upon and signed by a president they'll still find a way i know they i'm not that naive but so now, so now the focus is on, okay, well, how are we going to avoid a government shutdown because Trump wants funding for the border wall? That was a promise he made. And you know, to be frank, a, a lot of Americans want funding for the border wall. The Border Patrol and those who are of sound mind recognize that uh, obstructions are force multipliers. Obstacles uh, at the border are force multipliers. That way we don't have to fully staff the border every you know every uh, 100 feet we don't have to have a border patrol person you know what i mean so the the question turns into now well if if donald trump let's just say donald trump was barack obama and barack obama wanted to build the wall the 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 mainstream press narrative would be well, are you Republicans going to do it? And let's just say the Republicans didn't want to finance the, uh, President Obama's wall. Well, this is what Obama wants. Are you really going to shut down the government, Republicans, and not and not give him what he wants? It would be the Republicans' fault, you see. But now, the roles are reversed. You've got universally every Democrat and some weak-kneed Republicans mostly Democrats, who are willing to thwart Donald Trump's request for for funding for a border wall. And guess what? Since Donald Trump's a Republican, he's still at fault. So are you going to shut down the government, Donald Trump? The question turns into, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is it, and, and this, is, this is a problem with the basket of biased press, even over at Fox News Sunday, to where if it's a government shutdown, it must be the Republicans' fault, no matter who's in power, no matter who's causing the shutdown. In this case, it would be Democrats. So I'll take you to Fox News Sunday, discussion with the OMB director, Mick Mulvaney, Office of Management and Budget. And listen to the, listen to the nature of this question from Chris Wallace. The predicate is, oh, it's your fault. Oh, hold on a second. You guys can't hear that, can you? Hold on a second. Ellie. I inadvertently took this 
plug out of here. So I mean, I guess I got to be able to hear this. Hold on a second. Let me just recue this so you guys can hear it. President Trump uh, has talked about a number of items he'd like to see uh, in this government funding bill, which are so important that he's willing to see the government shut down if he doesn't get them. See that? He's willing. It's, it's his fault. It's Trump's fault because the Republican is desirous of it, even though it would be the Democrats fault for shutting it down. He gets the blame because he was so unreasonable to oppose Democrats. What, what they're talking about is funding the border wall. And here's Mick Mulvaney's answer. I don't think anybody's trying to get to a shutdown. Shutdown is not a desired end. It's not a tool. It's not something that we want to have. We want our priorities funded. And one of the biggest priorities during the campaign was border security, keeping Americans safe. And part of that was a border wall. And we still don't understand why the Democrats are so wholeheartedly against it. They voted for it in 2006. He's talking about the Secure Fence Act. Schumer, Obama, Hillary. They all voted for it. Bush signed it into law. Now, one might think that there was a little wink, wink, nod, nod between the Republican president at the time and the Democrats. Hey, we just, we'll sign it. Will the galloping hordes out there, the pitchforks and the the torchbearers, will placate them. We just won't fund it. And they didn't couple of sections got built and then they stopped they just didn't fully fund government how many democrats paid a price for not fully funding government none none because the basket of biased press doesn't want the wall either doesn't want a barrier system where we're one world collectivist government as far as the left-wingers and the press are concerned there should be no walls We should be just as poor as every other nation out there because we're guilty over it. You know, all this liberal claptrap. So we must invite all of these people from all over the globe to illegally trespass into our country so we can be made less safe, so we can be made less less secure financially because it's up to to America to subsidize every citizen of the world. You know, that's the predicate with education. Did you guys know that? Plier versus Doe, 1974, what was it, four, six, where it was it was determined, the Supreme Court determined that illegals are entitled to taxpayer-funded education. Yeah, because the 14th Amendment says person, not citizen. And that was their rationale. So Democrats actually believe this stuff. Democrats actually believe, well, yeah, of course, it's America's responsibility to pay for the world. You know, and America is unjust. And America is, uh, we, we should all feel guilty for our success. And that's where they come from. Uh, then Senator Obama voted for it. Senator Schumer voted for it. Senator Clinton voted for it. So we don't understand why Democrats are now playing politics just because Donald Trump is in office. Well, we understand why. Because they don't like Donald Trump. They're not going to give him any victories. So Fox News Sunday continued to talk about how um, these negotiations are going. And there was a proposal by Trump, a little give and take here. Trump said, okay, as much as I don't like Obamacare, I'll fund it so long as it's the rule of law. Uh, For every dollar you give me for the wall, I'll give you a dollar to fund Obamacare. Sounds, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's called a deal, folks. It's called, it's called horse trading. It's how it's done. 
in D.C. One problem, the Democrats don't negotiate. The Democrats are like the kids at Berkeley. They stomp their feet on the ground, they, they cry and they whine, they pee themselves. And uh, the Democrats said, no, non-starter. Democrats say that is a non-starter and that what you're in effect doing with that, with that trade is that you are holding hostage health insurance for millions of lower income Americans. Actually, what I would say is that they're holding hostage national security. Again, something they've supported in the recent past when, that, when President Obama was in the Senate. So we don't understand why this is breaking down like this. And we're worried, Chris, that this is sending a message that this is going to be the next four years, that Neil Gorsuch uh, was not just, the, the, just a, a one-off thing, that the Democrats will oppose everything that this president wants to do, which is stunning to us, especially when we are offering them something they but, want but in some return. Some people wonder, Director, what how much leverage you have. I mean, if what you're saying is give us what we want, and if you don't, we're going to cut off funding that would provide health insurance for millions of lower income Americans. Are you, is, are you willing to take that political hit? We're trying to get a border wall to protect millions of low income Americans. Yeah. What does health care matter if you don't have national security? If you allow a terrorist cell to infiltrate on the southern border, if you allow a narco-terrorist to infiltrate the southern border, if you allow MS-13 to continue to import its gang members and it takes over your neighborhood, maybe kills your children, kills you, what good's your health care then if you're dead? Masking. Nancy Pelosi tells me the press, meanwhile. Democrats, uh, well, we no likey the wall, says Nancy Pelosi. The, we, the Democrats do not support the wall. And I think that the Republicans on the border states do not support the wall. Which is a lie. that they, they do support it, by and large. The Republicans have the votes in the House and the Senate and the White House to keep government open. The burden to keep it open is on the Republicans. The wall is, in my view, immoral, expensive, unwise. Immoral, expensive, and unwise. So every country that has a wall is immoral and unwise. So Nancy Pelosi has just declared that Mexico, on its southern border with its wall down there, is immoral. That Israel, the state of Israel, that has walls and barrier systems, according to Nancy Pelosi, are unwise and immoral. And uh, when the president says, well, I promised a wall during my campaign, I, I don't think he said he was going to pass a billions of dollars of cost of the wall onto the taxpayer. Right. And then finally, Nancy Pelosi tells me at the press that what I just told you, Dems don't negotiate. Democrats don't negotiate. They whine, they moan, they complain, but they don't negotiate. They get their way or they shut it down. And that is your modern-day Democrat, just like you're seeing on the college campus of Berkeley. They shut it down. They whine, they, they complain and moan. Um, what's wrong with giving the president his money for a border wall in exchange for a priority that is not his, keeping Obamacare uh, fully functional and funded, uh, as a priority that's important to you? What's wrong with that kind of horse trading in Washington? What is wrong with it, that scenario, is the wall. The president talks about how tall it is, who's going to pay for it, and all the rest of that. But you have to come, you have to understand this part of the country. There's a community with a border going through it. That's how liberals see the border. That it was so wrong of the United States that put up a border through that community. She's, you know who says that? That left-wing extremist group, La Raza. 
Laraza says, oh yeah, the desert southwest actually belongs to Mexico. Even though we had a war and, you know, land is ours. But look, I, I got more from Pelosi the other side of the break. Wait, wait till you hear what she says next on the Salcedo Show. Be right back. Reminding America that limited constitutional government is cool. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo Show. Listen. Dial. Speak. 888-900-3393. The president, I think, talking about this wall, is expressing a sign of weakness. He's saying, I can't control our borders. I have to build a wall. We certainly would like to. Uh, we we as a, have a responsibility to control our borders. Building a wall is not an answer. Not here or any place. <laughs> Uh, 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 building a wall is not a, is not an answer any place. Yeah, uh, we already brought up the fact that Mexico does it, uh, Israel does it, a lot of countries do it. Very effective. Number one, number two, a sign building a wall to secure your southern border is a sign of weakness, according to the leader of the Democrats in the House, Nancy Pelosi. Are you kidding me? So, what is a sign of strength? Leaving the borders wide open to be infiltrated by any Tom, Dick, and Harry who wants to come in? Oh, that's that's a sign of strength? Ignoring federal immigration law? Ignoring the rule of law is a sign of strength, Nancy Pelosi? You reprobate witch. What is, what is wrong with people? That is, that is patently absurd. Not only is she insulting every ally or other nation out there that wants to, that actually takes seriously guarding its borders. It's just, it, it, all she gets up there is, it, all she does is just spout insane pablum. And that's what this is. It's absolute utter tripe. Uh, uh, a wall is never a solution. Bull! It is a great solution. And those on the border, the Border Patrol agents, the ones who actually take seriously protecting the country, not that Nancy Pelosi is afflicted with this whatsoever taking seriously protecting the country, those who actually have to do the damn job, they think it's necessary. They say, yeah, we need a wall. We need a barrier system to help us out, to help us do our job. Nancy Pelosi, uh, uh, well, that's not an answer. Yeah, it is an answer. It's not an answer for the future of the Democrat Party. We understand that, what you Democrats are trying to do, import a dependent class of individuals from all over the, all over the world so you can convince them to vote for you guys. They might, might be clueless enough about our system to actually vote for a Democrat. But you got to be a complete idiot and completely ignorant of who Democrats are to even vote for these people anymore. It's, it's patently absurd. And there on Meet the Press, Nancy Pelosi demonstrated why. She's ridiculous. And the entire Democrat Party is ridiculous. God, grief. Uh, 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 the, the border wall is never a solution. It's a sign of weakness. No, it's a sign of somebody serious about keeping the country safe. Remember, everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Catch you tomorrow, folks. Back here on The Blaze. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. 
This is the Blaze Radio Network.